I can be a funny human being, yes, right? But it literally has to come by accident. It's always accidental. I don't try to be funny. Well, and I, I'm very tall, okay? So, like, for example, one of my funniest traits what's is gonna, when I fall. What's that going to do okay? with anything? <laughs> Just let it, let it run. It's, let it run. This is how what conversations is. This is how conversations. It was going somewhere, Muhammad. Why did you have to stop it? Listen, you know sometimes when you talk to me, salt a roller coaster. You just strap in and you let the words just like take you away. Hey, remember earlier we said just start saying words until one of them sticks. I'm here. So you're tall. You tell me about your tallness. I was just saying that usually when. When funny is revolved around Hussad, it's usually something that happens in person, a.k.a. this one time I was at, um, a, like, it's like gym class in middle school, I don't even, seventh grade, um, and we were playing basketball, and I was, okay, first of all, I did this one move that guaranteed a shot every single time, and it was the, it was such a stupid like move where I had to have one hand on my hip and then the opposite leg up and so I'm standing on one leg with a hand on my hip and then I just shoot and I get it in every single time no matter where I was as long as it wasn't past the half line I was gonna get this in and it was like this like and obviously it couldn't be rushed okay so it wasn't a move that like the basketball um, is usable coaches, in the yeah, game. Like they weren't gonna be like, "This looks stupid," but does it work though? It does. We're gonna do it. No, no, no. It has to be like, "Shh, everybody, shut up." Like it's kind a free throw right? kind of situation. Yeah, um, but it worked. Okay. It like freakishly worked every time. Um, <laughs> so I was like not the worst at basketball. Hand-eye coordination can be questionable from time to time, but it was okay. Um, and then I just remembered this one time, the ball just, like, started rolling out of the court. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go run. And I'm going to, like, Cristiano Ronaldo it and just kick it back. <laughs> well, I didn't really kick it back. I accidentally stepped on the ball while okay. trying to kick it back. <laughs> and then I fell. But word on the black says, when I fell, every single facial expression... Just like you, slow mo. I just when I fall because I am falling from a great height. It takes time to reach the ground. So, <laughs> I, I know this feeling. So, so that's when. So when I say it's being around me is funny because it just I just end up doing stupid things because I am a tall, clumsy giraffe human. God, I was named Twiga for crying out loud. Like, you can oh see God. every facial expression as I go from, like, smile to, like, oh, no, to, like, ah, I'm falling, all the way down to the ground. I just, I just can't imagine the other team. It's just, like, who is this person who's just, like, propping up like a flamingo occasionally for shots and then just eating the ground? <laughs> that is why I wasn't on, like, that's why they wanted me on the team, but not enough. You're tall, but also, but <laughs> you're a whole goddamn zoo. <laughs>
Welcome to Third Culture Block, a podcast where we talk about the experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. This is Ahmed Mustafa. And Muhammad Ismail. So the last two episodes have been kind of introduction episodes prompted by some questions from the viewers. Um, that would mean that this episode will be my introduction. Just to give me an idea, where would you like to start your story? I have no clue. I feel like you when started I was kind a of. Young when I was a young warthog. I feel like we all started like oh, wow. midway, and you started like at <laughs> your beginning. So I'll start at the end. Um, can you also like <laughs> kachunk kachunk, cut that when I was a young warthog thing, and then kachunk kachunk again? That's that's not enough material. It's just like a good like. No, I, I can't just kachunk a chunk a warthog. You can't kachunk. We're we're Muslim, yo. You can't kachunk a chunk a warthog. Okay, and then you don't try have to kachunk a chunk after, but like in the beginning, like you know how it's like you just start randomly. Stop talking about it. We're creating more warthog content to make it like kachunk a chunkable. Stop. Stop. No, we're done talking about the warthog. <laughs> but yeah, no. Take that warthog and put it somewhere. Okay. <laughs> you take that warthog and put it right where somewhere. So, make sure you Ahmed, use this. So you Ahmed. have to use this. <laughs> Ahmed. Beep. Wait, so you <laughs> did the blooper sound effect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, know. I was just trying to make it a blooper. I was like, ah, it's a blooper. Everyone just stop. Okay, carry on. Go ahead. <laughs> I hate you both. I'm sorry. Every day. You were about to ask a question. Yeah, I was going. So you just had this beautiful singing voice. Um, So maybe tell us a little bit about. No, we're not connecting this to Warthog content. (laughs) (laughs) We will not use it. I am in a career where art is not super present. You know, I'm not even working with like the front end stuff where people interact with like design or anything like that. I'm strictly kind of in the back end um, developing. I'm, I'm a programmer, so I'm just like developing tools and like supporting servers and networking stuff. Like I'm very away from anything that could be construed as like art. Perhaps there's like a creative element in, you know, programming and creating things, but like. To a certain extent, uh, I've ab- absconded with my uh, my right brain career and left my art to die. And so <laughs> coming into this podcast has been me just kind of revitalizing that part in my life. You know, I used to. I used to draw. I used to write. I used to sing. I used to act. I used to do all these things. And now it's I've slowly trying to reintroduce everything if that makes sense and so like back into the water yeah dipping my toes back in the water exactly it's just like and i I think that's how i convince myself i have a place here on the podcast because it's like muhammad (laughs) actively a professional artist we saw like developing her art and like like doing her like like sharpening her tools to move into the next step ahmed art <laughs> like i'm just like at the very very beginning of just like trying to make creativity part of my everyday and part of my like overall like life career not necessarily my professional career but you know something that i want to do life-wise 
everyone's got a creative capacity, but in the the practicing of it is the difference, I think. And for me, it didn't feel like something I was confident of or good enough at or able to like make worth my time or whatever. Or like it's just like I'm mm. it's like what yeah, sure I'm creative. I can everyone can draw lines, everyone can write no, words. Not everybody can draw lines. Not straight lines. We saw us like very proud of her ability to draw like lines perfectly half an inch apart, like by Ooh. freehand. Intuitively. <laughs> Just like, not ruler. everyone can draw lines. <laughs> it's a skill. <laughs> I tell you, aha! No, but hard it... work and effort has been put into these lines. Thank you. He's so, going yeah. to Wassell's room, and it's just a mountain of pages worth <laughs> of just lines. You joke? I've been working on this for years. You joke? <laughs> but I jo- oh God, Lord, no. There's just the whole. There's whole sketchbooks. I'm like, hey, what's this one? She's like, no, 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 and it's just lines, <laughs> just absolutely like these are my anxious times. So I was like, you draw lines and you're anxious. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and what's this book? Oh, those are my happy times. You draw lines when you're happy. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. No, they're more circular. <laughs> I can also draw a perfect circle. It's that you know we haven't measured it, but it looks pretty right. It's like yeah. bubbles almost. To a Mm. Yeah, I mean, I had this conversation with one of my friends the other day. At a theoretical level, we can say a lot of things, but it generally means something when it's put into practice. Practicing creativity is not the same as being like a creative being, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we all have the capacity to learn some kind of creative something. Otherwise, like, we would be dead. That's kind of like why humans are cool. It's the practicing of it that is the difference. I I think I just wanted to say like, why now? I think a lot of it was an influence that from we saw, you can just make things and you know be vulnerable and still kind of live a life of um i guess productivity or like professional success if that makes sense Mm. i i I think the official end of me doing anything kind of uh in the arts was kind of the end of college i i think my junior year or maybe my first semester senior year i dropped out of choir i dropped out of acapella i dropped out of theater Uh, I dropped out of improv. Um, I I stopped writing, um, and so it, and it was all for the sake of just kind of like, oh well, I need to focus on my career. Uh, I need to do that professional thing, um, and that <laughs> that uh was a substantial loss. I feel like that space became a void for a long time um and then once you graduate there's no like performing arts becomes kind of difficult to get involved in like as a hobby because you fill your time with job or with um side hustle quote unquote or um trying to you know claim your your free time and the the mentality of oh after work i just want to collapse i don't want to just relax and do like Mm. relaxing Mm. activity i want to just 
vegetate and like read or like watch something or you know disconnect after a hard day's work kind of thing it wasn't until i was out for maybe like two years and like we saw and i started talking i was listening to the radio which i never do i usually just listen to music and i was driving to work and i heard a radio ad for um you know uh, an open call acting thing it was like do you want to be in a disney movie i don't know if you've ever heard those but like they happen just like randomly and i was like yeah sure Mm -hmm. why not i mean i haven't like done anything like this in a very long time so i just figured i'd I'd try it so i drove out to this sketchy hotel out in the middle of nowhere next to the airport and i was in this line with like 400 other people and i get to the front to like sign in and the guy says oh you're 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 23 or i was like 24 i guess at the time two years ago so i guess 25 um you're not old enough to sign in without a parent and i looked at him and i said i said i am an adult i have a job (laughs) i have a car quick transition to me on the phone hey mom um i was wondering wondering if you could come out here and i was like originally not gonna ask her but she uh she actually called me um was asking the checkup on it and i was like oh yeah they wouldn't let me go in so i think i might because i'm not old enough i need to have a guardian or something so i'm just gonna go and she said don't you dare my mom has been my biggest fan in terms of like pursuing arts like like she's the one who put all the kids through like little modeling like photo shoots as at, like when we were little like I'm in a Foley's ad and Foley's doesn't exist anymore but I'm I'm a, I'm in a Foley's ad dressed in like the little kids clothes um and I was a sunflower baby for Texas, Texas Children's Hospital cuz I got that fat cheek wow yeah no I was uh, a she was like putting us out there anyway so my mom about 30 minutes later in a like an almost 50 minute drive showed up and like she's just like in her nightgown and a robe and she's like i am this this boy's legal guardian let him in (laughs) Um, so we go in and we watch this like uh this video and it's like hey this is what it takes to be an actor actress blah blah blah. this is the process these are the rules and then we just like audition on the spot for the people who like were there and just like a bunch of people who flew in from california from all over the world and uh the lady that i auditioned for her name was gia uh she liked me and was like yeah you should um you should come to the like acting competition in uh january so that was i think 2019 2018 Mm -hmm. yeah okay so that was that was january 2018 that i showed up for that um so 2017 is when i did that um audition Mm -hmm. but anyway so i fast forward to that i did like went to i flew to la by myself was my first time uh in california like actually second time because i it's my first time in in um doesn't matter i (laughs) i went i went to this competition i got first prize for improv and like overall um i got an agent i got a manager and oh, nice. the, the whole point of the competition was to get like scouted. I got my photo shoot and then I filmed a single commercial for a hospital. Mm. They let me operate a real MRI machine. Um, and they, they put me in scrubs and they were like, all right, I need you to put this child into the MRI. And I was like, 
Um, <laughs> don't people go to school for this? And like the MRI tech ladies, like, if you break this, it is more than your life. And I was like, oh, good, 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 cool, good, good. Cool, nice, cool, nice, cool, nice. Cool. She's like, but here's my lanyard of 10 years. And so, like, it was like I had I wore a little lanyard. It was like 10 year anniversary on it. And I was like, cool. I just got a lot of experience. And so I just, yeah. So I, I did that. I did like the dramatic, like, n- cross your arms and nod as the camera zooms in on your face because, like, we love our hospital. We're mm. very proud, you know. Um, and so that that was like the only art um, experience after dropping out in uh, in college. That was a that was a big turning point in my life, actually, um, because that was I think when I gave up on art again. Because <laughs> I was at the competition. Yeah, I was at the competition. I I was doing well. Um, I I got like 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 I said, first in improv and first in like overall or top five and overall and then like first in monologue or something but um i i there there was uh the guy who was in charge of like the monologuing workshop approached me and said hey i think you're really good and you should um come to our school in new york to you know improve your acting and um we'll even give you like a scholarship to go I was at a crossroads where I was like, do I go back home to Houston to continue like my like techie job, like at this video game company that I was at, which was really great. Um, or do I go to this like um, this academy in 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 New York and like learn to be good actor man? Um, <laughs> and like it was it was really hard to um, make the decision. I think I, I called Wissal about it and I said like, hey, we're, like, planning on getting married, right? And she's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can support this family living in New York and doing acting school on, like, a very unstable kind of budget. Also, your dad might could just murder me if I just, like, did this. <laughs> she's like, yeah, very feasible, but also I support you and love you in your dreams. And so... Oh. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good conversation, but it was really hard. Um, did the conversation actually make the decision easier? It didn't actually, because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like, listen to your heart, and my heart was the problem. You know, I was like very, <laughs> I was very like, like uh, leaning one way one hour every other hour, um, and so like it was a. In my mind, I think at the time and, and now, I don't regret it, but it was like a two-year diversion from what I viewed was, you know, the thing that I needed to do, the responsible thing I think I needed to do, as well as, like, my opportunity to, you know, retire early and be, I guess, reliable for my family. I don't know. Like, in retrospect, like it's always going to be there. I don't, it's not a regret. It's just like a, a what if, mm. but that was like the last time I kind of put it down. And I, I, I was okay with it at that point. Like in college, I felt like I had to, um, to like make it through, get the good grades so I can get a job. But at that point it was, it was the closure that I needed that I was like, Hey, you're still pretty good at this. And also like, you can put it down on your own terms. Mm. And like I had gotten a, you know, a certain kind of, um, you know, uh, validation and closure because 
I had done it. You know, I, I, I performed, you know, it was like, I was less hurrah. Kind of thing. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I met a lot of interesting people. I got free waffles. Hey, Hey, if you're getting free waffles, that's a win in my book. Right. 100%. Like that's all it really takes. Yeah. Um, and so I, I put it down, but like, I think, um, it, it felt like a choice. And so it's not like a regret for me. I think if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have, um, I would have, I would have had that lingering, oh, what if I had pursued like an acting career? But, um, you know, that, 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 so I think it was really good. Plus like the commercial that I did paid off like any expenses associated with going out there. So it all kind of worked out in the end. I didn't want to do theater anymore. I really wanted to try and see what this whole like, um, like, not not just stage acting, but like camera acting, like, what it was about, and I I I didn't feel like comfortable incorporating it into my everyday life. You know, it I I like the the larger than life experience of flying out to California to, you know, to do like film acting. Mm. Um, and it, it is kind of like a, a shortcoming of mine. I think <laughs> I, I definitely like to go for the, the larger than life and I get really restless when I'm, when I'm not doing it, uh, especially when I know it's like, it's possible. Um, so yeah, I think I was, it was, that was I was putting it down because I didn't like the options that I had of like the of doing it as a hobby, doing it kind of casually. Um, and so I wanted to do it just this big in this big way one more time. Um, yeah. So I think it is like as far as performing arts, I don't ever see myself getting back into that. I don't see myself like. Uh, performing music or acting or or doing anything like that like maybe do improv again but like uh just for fun and games but it's a choice but it's a choice yeah it's a choice and you know one that i can i can live with and one that i it's always there you know um like i could just go to an agency and audition and get onto their their roll call and then start auditioning again if i wanted and you can do that kind of at any age so i know the door is open what i got from the whole experience or like from when it was happening it was like like you just said right now that it was it's something that you know is possible and it gave you the ability and the closure or the comfort of knowing that i can do this if this is what i want when i want so it's not a matter of like putting it down. It's just like putting the book back into the bookshelf and then you can take that book out whenever you want to read it again or read it right now. Right. But I think like it's more of a photo album. You know, it's like <laughs> it's something I'll take off the shelf and I'll just like look through. <laughs> but I don't think I'll ever just like, you know, uh, continue writing it. So the memory of it is enough for you. Yeah. Okay. No, I definitely. Yeah. I, I got a feel for the lifestyle and thought about like, all right, what would it be like to do this full time? And like, I don't think 
that's the life that I wanted. And that was that was enough closure for me. That was like, yes, okay. I, even if, like, I'm not going to do something if the end result is something that I'm not even, like, that I don't want to sign up for, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, as a side note. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying this with a really somber, heavy tone. I know, I, right? <laughs> like, I know, and I I'm like, I like adjusted myself, and I was like, just like holding his hand, and just like, oh, honey. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think to a certain extent, like I'm trying, like I can feel myself doing it, and like, and I can see myself kind of like curling up on this side, just like defensive position. <laughs> um, and it's just like, I don't, I, f- for me, like, the. It feels kind of disingenuous um, because there are a lot of directions that I want to take my life, that I could take my life, that, you know, and, you know, subhanAllah, I have, like, the freedom to do that kind of stuff where it's just, like, I have the support system where if I just want to say, mm, you know what time it is? It's F at o'clock and I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to cut my lease. I'm going to, you know, sell everything and just live in the car, you know, and struggle in that way. And I'll, I'll be I'll be a liar to say that, like, I'm not like that. I don't miss that kind of stuff. I really like I love those kind of people, the people that you run into. And I love like this, what we're doing now, I think is kind of a like a, a, a form of that where you're just, you know, and D&D is kind of a form of that where you're in vivo consuming and producing content from other people and it's out and there's no room to start critiquing it. That's, that I think is kind of one of my biggest problems with this whole like hard arts kind of thing where, you know, rather than doing performing, it's visual arts. It's like you put it on the paper you write it you 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 write it you draw it you photo it it can just be like just ripped to shreds and you can just continue to like iterate 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 on it forever right whereas like with the performing arts you sharpen your knife as sharp as it will go and then on performing day you take your stab and Sometimes you miss. Sometimes you uh, you hit right on. Bullseye. Sometimes it deflects and does a cool trick and lands like dramatically into someone else's head. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like you know, it's the beauty of 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 uh, live performance. Improvise, yeah, live performance. And like, if you, I, I think I've taken a lot of kind of what I've had through live performance and put it into my life. You know, I like one one thing that we saw. Um, we'll always talk about during the wedding is that like. We, when we had like our first kind of ceremony, we went up to the cake to go, you know, it was like a big kind of procession thing. We went to go cut a piece and we had no plate or or, 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 or a fork forks. or anything to do, like anything to like actually consume the cake. Only we only had a a, a knife. We didn't even have like the, the little like cake spade or whatever to pull the piece yeah, out. Yeah. And so we saw, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna go. And so I'm like, it's chill, it's chill. We're like, we're happy, we're fine. I cut, we, we cut the cake together. And then we used the knife to carry, like, to pick up the cake. And then we placed the cake 
slice on top of the whole cake to kind of like, oh, it's a display of the cake for everyone to see. Ah, and it's like so smooth and everything. And that's just enough time for my little sister to like snake and slither through the tables and drop like a like a little plate in front of us. It's like ta da, or like uh, like forks in front of us. It's like ta da, perfect. And so and then we like it keeps going. The show must go on, kind of thing. This so was all part take of the like show. Those, yeah, aren't you guys impressed? And you would think, <laughs> side note, you would think that like going back on it, all of our ceremonies we had we had to improvise for the cake cutting. Every single one. Like you would think by the last day, right? They would have it like, okay, did we make sure we have knife, fork, and plate like there and ready for everything so we don't have this again? No. Every single one, there was something missing. Yes. <laughs> and Ahmed's provision would always come into play. But the, the, all this is to say, I feel like I have some solace in not pursuing that career. And, like, I do talk about it as if I'm, like, super somber and down. But, like, it's because it's it's something I really love um, and I enjoy doing um, and was a big is a big part of my life. But I have solace in that, like, my every day can be a live performance. You know, you kind of like, you take the same principle of like bringing your best, bringing your energy, bringing like your, your authentic self into the character that like, that you are, you know? Um, and then like dealing with the obstacles as they come. Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's me, authentically Ahmed. There's no one else on the podcast, right? Now. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so vulnerable right now. I feel like a baby. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> a little birdie tells me you started a comic in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shouldn't listen to those avian cretins. Um actually <laughs> Actually, I mean that that's a that's a true part because the villains in my comic were birds. Oh. They were all 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 these birds, yeah. Ladies so, and gentlemen, um, this segment was not rehearsed. No, not at all. We're we're doing it live in vivo. Um mm-hmm. so <laughs> Yeah, so um I you know, I I have a couple of drawing experiences throughout my life, but the first one was uh, I don't know where or how I learned it, but in second grade, someone taught me how to draw the face of a dog. Um, and so I like would draw the dog face all the time. I would just like draw it like it's like circle, 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 dot, 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 big ears. And then you have, and then I put sunglasses on them because like I didn't know how to make good doggy eyes. And so I was like, hmm, you know, this dog looks kind of like a secret agent. Mm-hmm. And so I gave him like a little human body and like gave him a little suit. And he was secret agent Dan, uh, Dan the dog man, because like dog and man is Dan. Um, and so, <laughs> so secret agent Dan, um, he was like trying to f- uh, foil the plots of like the bird king in the trees and stuff, and that's why dogs like chase the birds. And so like the like, there's just like comic out like a bunch of little like a comic that I started actually where I like would draw Dan and then like draw some like dialogue and then like have you know the birds kind of be the villains and they'd go on these misadventures and so i maybe did like one or two of them when someone else in my class his name was dustin actually the same dustin who um 
and that this is just like insult to injury because he sent me the Nacho Med oh, um, no. invite in in middle school, but this is like five years prior. It's like we're we're business partners in this comic book adventure. So See Justin, episode it's one. been a minute. See episode one. But yeah, so basically, um he like he was like, Yeah, no, I'd I'd love like to storyboard these with you and he was like way better at drawing than I was. So Dan the Dog Man got like a whole facelift and like we started like writing like I would do like kind of the story and he would do kind of like the, the birds and the birds would have all these mecha treehouse like like abominations that they would use to fight Dan. Wow. Um yeah, no, and it was uh it was it was uh kind of my first drawing soiree. Um, and then after second grade, that stopped until fifth grade when I, um, <laughs> I started, I didn't start, but I co-founded a, a group called the, the Squirrel Club, Squirrel Appreciation Club. <laughs> Andrew and me, and basically to be in Squirrel Club, you had to, one, make squirrel noises, and two, draw squirrels. And so I'm very good at drawing squirrels. They look eerily like Dan did back in the day, but I have like maybe a twenty page like twenty pages of squirrel drawings and then like Kirby drawings and then Kirby man drawings. And it's like that was like what Squirrel Club did. So like we would start the meeting like <laughs> squirrel noise and then go into like drawing squirrels. <laughs> Um, and that never was like a like a business venture so much as it was just like oh really you never you never you never thought of making it like into a commercial success. <laughs> I you know. will say Ahmed still to this day makes the squirrel sound. I Continue. do, I do, and the squirrel drawings, I yeah. do. I think all of my my artistic stuff happened really really early for me, um, and that's I'm I'm kind of like leaning back and remembering everything that I did slash learned um, as I'm kind of reintroducing myself into art and doing things um, creatively. So, like, I remember, you know, uh, second grade is, like, my first uh, was when I did uh, the Dan the the Dog Man comics. And then uh, throughout, like I mentioned before, throughout my childhood, like, my mom would take us to these, like, modeling kid kid modeling commercial things and so like i have i actually have in my um in my like file cabinet thing where i keep all my financial docs like i have my very first paycheck of like 23 dollars as like a kid actor (laughs) in uh in like or a kid model for like foley's for the foley's ad um (laughs) and so that was like that was the very beginning i don't even remember that stuff and then dan the dog man and then fifth grade is when like our school's like acting program opened up to like uh students and so fifth grade i joined a group called stars and it was essentially like an after school uh acting rehearsing group and we just put on musicals for like all the parents later on um the first one I did was the Music Man, and I remember that one of the named roles had dropped out, and I practiced like a madman so that I could get that role. I was like, Jazz Square, Jazz Square, Jazz Square, I gotta do it. <laughs> and, so, and so I became part of the Barbershop Quartet in, uh, in, in the Music Man in fifth grade. And then from there, it was just... Like, I really fell in love with acting. Um, fifth grade's also when I joined choir, and... 
whether it be true or not, Mrs. Stark said, hey, you have a very mature voice. And that was enough for my, my, myself to be like, yep, I'm a singer. <laughs> um, and so I, um, I like, I did, I was, I started choir. I started, um, I started theater. I started uh, in sixth grade. I got another named role without someone falling out. And then from sixth grade onward, I was, pretty much just like the lead of all the all the plays and all the musicals and then I went to high school I remember I was the high school musical the first the ninth grade it was into the woods and I auditioned for one of the princes and nobody knew me except for as like Nadine's little brother because Nadine went to like the sister school to our school um, and I went and I did the audition and I didn't even make the ensemble I didn't make the show I didn't, I, I, I wasn't even considered and I just, just was devastated. I was just so, I, like I had gone off from, you know, making every show that I'd auditioned for and like gone off from being kind of the go-to lead. Like people, yeah. like the director would ask me to, to, uh, uh, audition to getting to high school and just not even making, you know, uh, the chorus. So I, I was just like, what, what do you like? What do you? What do you I'm mean? I'm I'm a good. Remember, I am a I'm the, I'm the, I'm a big deal. You hear? Um, ask the kids in primary school. <laughs> yeah, check out check out my second grade resume. Um, but yeah, I was he like, said with his mature I was, voice. I was devastated. <laughs> he said with his mature. Yeah, exactly. I was super burned by that. Uh, I was in choir. Like I auditioned for like the. There's like. A team choir and then like B team choir and so I like auditioned for choir and I got into like A team choir and like I even got invited to go to Allstate which is like kids from all across the state are you know they audition to get into the the state choir but that was just kind of the beginning I think like sophomore year I ended up not doing anything uh, outside of choir I remember I was uh I was kind of burned from just like I was I I came from a school where everyone had gone to the same school like I went to the same school from like daycare to eighth grade and so all of us were family all of us were no one really like there wasn't really much dating drama and like everyone kind of knew each other and so I went to high school and I would like open doors for people or like I'm a hugger or like I would just say nice things. And I was like, oh, that Ahmed guy, he's such a flirt. And I really just did not know what the hell was going on. <laughs> um, I was just like, I was like, oh, I like helping people. <laughs> um, and it, it was uh, it was it was a huge change of pace. But anyway, like I kind of got burned from that. Just like getting like because I, I went to an all boys school and I would only go over to the all girls school for choir. And, you know, sometimes for lunch because we'd have, like, choir activities or something. Because we had choir before school at, like, 7 a.m. And then you would also go over there for theater. And so I went over for choir and things got weird. So sophomore year, I actually didn't even go. I didn't go across the parking lot. I didn't go to the sister school. It wasn't until junior year that I decided that I was going to try and audition for the fall play. So it would be fall play, spring musical. Um... And I landed the role of Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet. What a, a fun character to play because you could just like 
you just mercurial is in your name like mischievous is 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 your is your uh demeanor and you could just get away with doing whatever and like sure there's a little bit of lewdness that come like kind of comes in uh kind of comes into the character but that that i didn't really resonate with at the time i, I still now i guess but <laughs> like it was so fun to play the role and i re- i remember like 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 we did kind of a 70s rendition so um we all like for our weapons instead of rapiers we got like butterfly knives and i learned how to use a butterfly knife for the role and like that was super fun and so the next semester of my junior year i went ahead and uh, auditioned for the musical and I was I got the lead role of the musical um, and it was a musical called zombie prom um, and like halfway through the musical I jump into a nuclear reactor and they paint me green and like and spray paint my hair and I look like old Greg like a, or just like a large broccoli um, and they, it was still really really fun um, like a ludicrous show but really just a good time it's really great to you know uh, take you know my past experiences and tie them into what I'm trying to do now so after that I went into college college the first thing I did was like yep check audition for choir and get placed into like the mixed chorus um, which is like the chorus that like tours usually but I think we did like uh, concerts with everybody anyway um so did that check then apply then audition for the guys acapella group check and then um went into the the freshman show musical rent check um and i was like the understudy for the lead and i was like i've been on this grind before i'm just gonna be the understudy this year but they'll see how good i am and in future years i'm gonna run this program you know um (laughs) (laughs) um that didn't happen didn't end up happening you know um it's it's a whole new ball game when you're uh auditioning against people who are trying to do this for like for their life as a profession you know like there are theater majors and and vocal majors like there are there are people who want who are auditioning for these shows so they can go on to broadway like that is that is the the level of the dreams you know and much like in, in, in high school, you start getting surrounded by people who are, you know, way better than you and you have a lot to learn. And it, it, it was still fun to participate, like, um, but it, it was it was um, it was definitely not like, oh, I'm going to run this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I started dropping out like of of like like uh, the performing stuff sophomore year when I you know opened up to my parents was like guys i don't think i'm gonna be neuroscience pre-med i think um i don't think i want to do this and they're like my doctor son and i was like mom dad i want to do computers (laughs) (laughs) and so i uh i i literally like came home from break wept in my dad's office and i was like all right i'm a computer science major now and i think that feeling of catch-up kind of hit me so I I continued with choir and I continued with um, the acapella group, but I stopped doing, you know, shows. And part of stopping doing shows is, like, I also started, like, a service group with uh, some of my friends. And so we were organizing, like, like service events and stuff throughout the community. Um, so I had less time. But 
that was like the first uh i guess domino um and then as college went on i i you know everyone was taking everything so seriously and like you're you're trying to get to your career and you know you only have so much time for you know the things that are responsible that you need to pay attention to and so i think junior year i ended up dropping out of choir and then yeah I, and and that would that kind of mentality i think was so counter to who i am um it kind of came out of left field i think i you, sometimes you get kind of caught up in the narrative of oh you are in college now and you need to do really well and and succeed and build your resume and intern and all these things because otherwise you're going to be just like a homeless nobody yeah because you didn't get a job and you didn't like get good grades and you're you're yeah. you know you're not successful so you're not uh valuable kind of thing yeah which is a huge amount of pressure for anyone that age right mm. yeah so i definitely caved under that like looking back on it there were elements of like I'm tied to my phone. My phone is my life. Every, like, I have time slots that are the thing that I need to do go do next, and I was very, like, on time for everything. Um, and that was a good thing. I did, I did get a lot of stuff done. But that the other mentality of, like, busyness and being, like, a, I, I, say, I say this because of actually someone I met in, in college, but... Um, being a human doing rather than a human being you know um mm. you are only human in that you are doing things and you are only valuable in that you're doing things there's there this uh impression of uh not having inherent value as just being and and you know uh that was that mentality kind of struck me i was mm. very much finding my value in what i was doing even if I was like aware of it, I didn't get the implications of it, I think, until later. Thanks so much for listening in. We plan on saving this last section for question and answers from you. We'll post our topics on our Twitter and Instagram, both third culture block with a three. This is Ahmed Mustafa, Usaj Jibril, and Mohammed Ismail.